the kingdom of heaven is like a celebration at which ten bridesmaids took their lambs to meet the bridegroom. The story is along the lines of Palestinian custom whereby bridegroom has to go to the bride's house to make the marital agreement with his father-in-law. Probably like in India, if you want to get married, especially women, you have to pay money to the guy, or guy's family, it's called dowry. Even in Africa, it's called labola, other way around. The guy has to give money to the, the wife. Which one do you like, first or second? Anyone getting married here soon? Any couples, young couples here? So, you know, the guy has to give cows or, uh, or donkeys or land or money to the lady. Depends upon what sort of work and professions he has. Interesting. So, when the bridegroom returns to his house, that the time for the celebration to begin. Probably they had a long negotiations and uh, probably took time, so he was late. Now, there were ten bridesmaids who were waiting to meet the bridegroom on his arrival. We don't hear anything about the bride. Okay, I'm sure she's somewhere there, you know. So, five were foolish and five were wise. I don't call them foolish. Foolish is like a very strong word, stupid. I call them silly girls, always on the phone. You know, these five of them, you know. And other one were more practical, you know, more clever in, in their dealings. So, and they all fell asleep. And the bridegroom was delayed, and of course, he came uh, almost midnight. Have you ever heard a groom coming late? Have you? Have anyone here got married? You've been late for the wedding? Normally, the bride is late. In South Africa, where I was 19 years, um, the bride is always late. Minimum of 30 minutes to maximum of two hours. She's late. It's like a birthright to come late for the marriage. And I still remember my third marriage, my third marriage, I mean third marriage I blessed. Um, <laughs> it was in my first parish, I was an associate priest, St. Martin de Porres, Bishop Levis. It's a township. And my pastor asked me to do this wedding. And of course, he's supposed to do it, and he couldn't do it, so I was asked to do it. So I met this couple once. He was a Protestant guy, and she was a Catholic. His name was Francois. So I spelled as it is. I called him Francois. You know, then he told me his name is not Francois' father. His name is Francois. So her name was Samantha. Beautiful name. So the wedding day, Francois came five minutes before the time, one o'clock. He was there, quarter to one, five to one, and we're waiting for Samantha to come. Thirty minutes passed, Samantha and her troop, nowhere to be seen. So I went to the rectory, and that before I went away, I told them, call me when she comes. So an hour later, I went back to church to see what is going on. She's still missing. So I went back to the rectory, and they came to call me 2.30 to say, bride is your father. So I went to marry them in the church. This time, the groom is missing. We don't know where he's gone. They said they stepped out 
to get some fresh air. So he went to the uh, Shibin. Shibin is a, a place where you can get alcohol, illegal place, during the day or night, 24-7. So you can go and Ireland, I think they also call it Shibin. So Shibin. Uh, and he came out of the Shibin drunk, singing 10 green bottles hanging on the wall. You know that song? Yeah. So anyhow, just to, to shorten the story, I couldn't bless the marriage because he was intoxicated, he was under the influence. So if you are marrying and if you are drunk, priests cannot marry you. It's a canon law. So I couldn't marry them that day. I think I, I heard they later went to a Protestant church or Protestant pastor and he married them. Shame. So this is what happening when you come late. So you might ask, why did I tell you this story? I know you like stories, you know. So let us come to the biblical story today. So this bride groom came late and it was announced he's coming. Suddenly everybody woke up, they trimmed their lamps and these five silly girls realized they don't have enough oil in the lamp or it won't last till in the morning. So we have to make a plan. Other five were not panicking. They had plenty of oil with them. Even they had a reserve oil they had in their bag. And they were not prepared to share that oil with the, the silly girls. So what did the silly girls do? They went to the Wawa uh, gas station, 24-7 shops, you know, where otherwise you have shops open all night, you know. And when they came back, the doors were shut, they couldn't get inside. Interesting story. And sad story also for them. I feel sorry for them. So, Now let us actually go to the moral lesson of this parable. Moral lesson of this parable. The moral of the story is not that we should be awake all the time looking for signs when the Son of Man will come, but rather we are to be constantly prepared for His coming with oil of our good deeds. We are not have the panicking last minute anxiety of the foolish bridesmaids, but the calm preparedness of the wise ones. Wise bridesmaids had also slept like the other ones. Since they were prepared, they were not worried at all. This attitude is well exemplified in the life of Saint Aloysius Gonzaga. He was asked what would he do when he told on the playground that he was about to die while others said they would go for confession or make an act of contrition, Gonzaga said, I will carry on playing for the love and the glory of God. I will carry on playing for the love and glory of God. So the obvious question in our minds right now is what sort of oil of preparedness that we need to have. I'm not attempting to give you a formula for a happy living or a happy dying. I would say the Christian formula is twofold. The first is to live by the Sermon on the Mount, which gives us the essence of Lord's teaching. We are to be merciful, act justly, work for peace, 
and constantly strive to do what God desires of us to do. We had to be at all time salt of the earth and the light of the world. Second formula that we are to be constantly guided by the great commandment of love in whatever we do. So there is an ancient morality play called uh, Every Man, Every Man. A name that means all of us, you and me, everybody. In the play, God sends death to tell the every man that his life on earth is over. When every man receives this news, it's a shock, you know. Just imagine someone tell you you're going to die today. Probably you'd be so much worried, you know. So he asked death to give him some time to think about it and also ask some friends to accompany him. And the death said, all right, you can ask some of your friends to join you when you go from here. So the death went to, the man went to ask, everybody went to ask uh, his three closest friends. That was wealth, fame, and power. So the wealth said, no man, I can't come. I have got lots of things to do. I have invested in, the, you know, in this new company. I cannot come. The second one was fame. Fame said, you know, I'm at top of the world. Now. Everybody knows me. I have so much of profile and get thousands of likes in Facebook every day. I'm not going to come. Sorry. The third one was uh, the power. Power said, you know, I just became the president here. I'm not able to come. Sorry. No way I'm going to come. The last one, the least friend was good works. And the good works said, I will come with you. Don't worry. So when death comes for us, nothing will accompany us into the next life, but only our good works. Always remember, the good works is the oil of preparedness. Now, I wish to tell you something else, and I have been seeing here, maybe it's my illusion, maybe you are doing it unintentionally, that when you give peace, some of us actually have this sign here. This is a victory sign. It's like two parties, you know, I won, you know, I won. Uh, there's nobody has won, so when you wish peace, just wish them smiling. Though it's in your mask, you can still smile and say, peace be with you, that's all you need to need. You know, today we, we are celebrating Discipleship Sunday. Uh, for the last couple of uh, months, we have chosen a few Sundays to celebrate Discipleship Sunday. And I want to tell you uh, a cartoon that I saw recently. There are two sections of this cartoon. It has two sections. The first section is that one guy asking a couple of people, what's your denomination is? So the first guy said, I am a Catholic. The second one says, I am an Anglican or Episcopalian. The third one says, I am a Baptist. So the second section of the cartoon, after many years, the same guy asking same question to these three people, what is your denomination? So the, five, the first guy who said Catholic, he said, I am CNN. The next one said, I am ABC. The third one said, I am Fox TV. You know, in fact, uh, 
What is happening right now, we are allowing these TV channels and TV stations to form our thinking, our conscience, our belief system, our morality, our ethics, and everything. He's no more Christ and uh, his teaching. People are addicted to certain things, and you believe our, our, our marriage system even, you know, man and woman supposed to be married, and the channels say, no, it's all right, anybody can get married, anybody can have children, you can abort children as you like, kill your unborn kids, it's bad. So I hope you have not become this denomination, uh, and these channels are not influencing the way. So only one person should influence you, that is Christ, who is hanging on the cross, and this is his rule book, Bible. Just read it and study it, and then this Bible influence your thoughts, your behavior, everything, and we are disciples of Christ. We are not disciples of anybody. So today, when you give peace to your neighbor, when you give Christ peace to your neighbor, in your mind, just pray, I wish you peace, that Christ's peace may fill your family, fill this community, fill this world, and especially fill our country right now. Christ's peace. So, peace be with you. Amen.